1: Why are you so hysterical?
0: We always wanted people actually to talk about it.
2: I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Allison.
1: Oh, hi, Rob.
2: Oh, hi, listeners. We're here to talk about Minute 55, in which Peter plays psychologist. First, I have news. Recently, the supposed original script has felt a little too good to be real, and I've tried to ignore it. New evidence has come to light. In a piece from 2015, a vulture piece by Nathan Rabin, in which he describes the script he bought from Greg Sestero at a screening. That does include certain parts that were quite nice and early in the script. I am not a slave here, am I? You know, the opening line of the film. That Johnny calls his boss Old Man Donkey. That's in there. That Lisa tells him to burn his mouth is in there. Breast cancer gets mentioned more than just the one time, so that's nice. Yeah. However, the original script includes... No Billy or Denny, and thus no Jimmy or Chris R. And no Mike or Bran. Rabin actually says, With no goofy fornicating friend or guileless protege to alleviate the tension, so's distaste for and fear of women becomes even more evident. So the so-called original that I have is not. It will remain ignored for now. And it was getting to even worse passages where it was even more obviously someone adding stuff. But done pretty well most of the time.
1: We could still use it and just call it the improved script.
2: <laughs> the improved. Yeah, maybe. Maybe I'll come, yeah, bring it back in as that.
1: I think people want to know how it ends.
2: True. Yeah. They might want to know where it comes. Uh, apparently there's a really, I haven't read it yet, but all the way to the end, but apparently there's a really good passage about leaving your comments in your pocket <laughs> and how. Oh, hi, Sean. Oh,
0: hi, Robert. <laughs> hi, Allison.
2: Hi, Sean. We're here with Peter and Sean and Johnny and Mark and Allison and me. And eventually, soon, we'll have uh, Lisa and Denny as well. This is possibly the longest scene in the film.
1: You really tripped me up for a second. Yeah. I was like, who's the guy named Peter? <laughs> <laughs> in the movie. Yeah,
2: We're all here together. I think this might be the longest scene in the movie, which is interesting because it's this, just this long conversation about they're reestablishing the plot, which is something from the quote unquote, original script where it divides it like it's a play. And this is, I is this act three now or four? I forget if it's divided again. I know it was act two when we were introduced to Mike and Michelle. So it's like act one establishes your core characters. Now we're adding support and expanding the world of the film, which you, Sean, have still not seen. <laughs> so what do you think of Peter?
0: So I think, well, Peter is obviously the detective. That is trying to crack this case of the series of mysterious murders and disappearances. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And obviously Johnny is the number one suspect. Well, you don't think? Which is why he is. I thought you thought Denny was the killer earlier. In oh no, I still he, he's the. I right think, herring. I think Denny is the killer. Oh, okay, he's the suspect. I but it. I think Peter thinks it's Johnny. Mm. That's why he's always, you know. Playing psychologist with him. <laughs> Peter, you always play psychologist with us. It's you know, trying to psychoanalyze him and try to pry and, you know, pick at pick at Johnny to see if he'll if he'll give something up. But uh yeah, no, I, I still think it's Denny. But Peter, you know, because he's young and innocent looking, Peter has overlooked him. Uh-huh.
2: So when Johnny says I have my own problems, it's like mm-hmm. where to hide the body, stuff like that.
0: <laughs> Practical. Sense. Yes, you know, those are the kind of problems that, that serial killers have. <laughs> um, but I, I really, I enjoyed this minute because I'm a big fan of irony and not the Alanis Morissette kind of irony. The, <laughs> the, the real irony. So when, <laughs>
1: that's not
0: ironic. yeah, so when Johnny talks like rain about, on your taking day? A, yeah, no, no, that, that's, that's just unfortunate. That's, that's, yeah, not that's just ironic. unfortunate. That's not ironic. No, yeah. irony is when Johnny threatens you know he says he's going to take away mark's woman mm-hmm. or you think i would take her away from you <laughs> but of course it's mark huh? who has taken away johnny's woman yeah and we know something that the character doesn't know and that is dramatic irony yeah so i yeah johnny
2: knows someone has at least has been with someone and something.
1: then denny's gonna murder them all so.
0: yeah yeah
2: denny's picking them off one by one we just this is why we need more
0: characters yeah So I'm just, I'm just, I'm waiting for the scene where Denny confronts Lisa because, well, Lisa's going to confront Denny because she's going to figure out something's up and he's going to be like, I did this for you. Mm. I killed them. You know, at some point he's going to have to kill Johnny and then he's going to, and that's probably when Lisa figures out something, maybe she walks in. And then he's like, well, I knew you didn't want to marry him. So I killed him so we could be together. And then she's going to be like, you're crazy. Or maybe she's going to be like, that's lovely. And they run off together. I don't know. <laughs> you know, it could go either way, but
1: <laughs> that's the nicest thing
0: anyone's done. <laughs> I mean, that, that could happen, right? It could. Yeah. I've seen the film and I think that could happen. It makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So this is, this is, um, my first, my first minute with Peter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah, he is, he, he doesn't really fit in. Like I could buy Mark and Johnny. Like, they're friends. And, and part of it is because they're the two that knew each other. Like, the actors. Yeah. And like, they have a good rapport. And Peter's like, he's the odd man out. He doesn't really fit in as well. Because he's just pretending to be friendly. He's really the detective that's trying to figure out which one of these guys is the killer. This is also that actor's last day of
2: shooting because he had another job that was scheduled and he had to leave. <laughs> yeah.
0: Maybe that's coming
2: across in his performance is that he's... He wants to know what's going on, but he also knows he doesn't have time.
0: Mm.
1: He's over it.
0: Maybe that's what I'm picking up on. Yeah, he's he's over it. He's over it. Well, and the the mishmash of of costume, and I know that you've said at least one of the actors kind of brought her own wardrobe. Yeah, Michelle. and I'm looking around. There's so Mark is like in t shirt and jeans. Mm-hmm. Johnny looks like he's in his pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> Although when, in the next minute when he gets up, I realize he's he's just wearing all black. But for this minute, I'm like, is this guy just wearing pajamas? And then Peter's in suit and tie. Yeah. I'm like these are three different people from three different worlds. Mm-hmm. Or at least they have three different places that they've come from or they're going to.
2: One's a detective, mm-hmm.
0: obviously. yeah, Undercover. Oh,
2: Yeah. Johnny, I don't know if you remember what he does for a living. Or what
0: he claims to do for a living? Maybe it's not. Oh, right. he he uh, he works at a bank. Yeah, yeah. See, so, yeah, I have been listening. <laughs> okay. and in his pajamas. Yeah. Is is Mark just a gigolo? Does he have a job?
2: We don't know. He was very busy while sitting in a car once. That's all we really know about that. And nothing
0: suspicious about that at all. Greg
2: Sestero no. likes to think he's a cop, but the movie never gives us that, and in fact suggests he's really bad at picking up on clues. So <laughs> depends. Hmm. Now, of course, we have Peter. Wanting to know about Johnny's problems. I had my own problems.
0: Tell me about your
2: problems, Johnny. Because in a previous minute, just a minute or two ago, Johnny has told him that Lisa is cheating on him. And now the conversation has kind of turned to Mark as Mark arrived. But Peter, you know, he's playing psychologist. He wants to know who are, like, which one of these people is the killer, obviously. So he needs to know more. I love Um, Johnny's wording, Sean, you won't get this because you haven't seen that scene, but... Lisa's teasing me about whether we are going to get married or not. Allison, would you call it teasing? No.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think it's pretty clear.
2: I'm your future husband.
1: You sure about that?
2: She definitely didn't say we're not getting married, but she said...
1: Maybe I'll change my mind.
2: In a tone that suggested it's going to happen. I wouldn't call it teasing. Teasing sounds fun.
1: Teasing sounds playful.
2: He also says, though, that we didn't make love in a while. As far as the editing suggests, they have made love twice in the last, what, three, four days, maybe? So I'm not sure what he means. But maybe we did have a jump forward in time. It couldn't have been very much because the whole movie covers about a week. His his sense of their love life is interesting. Or his sense of time.
1: Maybe they do it every day, usually.
2: Yeah, it used to be every day and now it's only every like twenty six hours you know, for him. He doesn't know what to do.
0: Yeah, every every couple's different. Yeah. So it's whatever, you know, pattern they've established, it's changed. Well, they've That's been
2: together you. for five or seven years, so it's like that seven year itch thing. She <laughs> wants something else from the relationship mm-hmm. and so she finds it somewhere else. He just wants them to keep having, you know, their sex every 12 hours. And he's not getting it, so it's not right. And Peter is trying to, he's trying to solve the problem. Like an expert. You know, you never, never really, really know. know. I mean,
0: like you should tell her about your feelings, okay? You shouldn't hide them. You two have been together forever. You can work out anything as long as you talk about it. Which,
2: as a podcaster, I agree. You just talk about everything. And that might have actually solved Johnny's
0: problems instead of what we do get. Yeah, Mark. Mark is pretty useless. In ter- I mean, you know, so so Peter's playing psychologist. Mm-hmm. Peter, you always play psychologist with us. But at least, you know, maybe you can work something out mm-hmm. in, in talking. Yeah. But the like Mark's line, you never really know. Like, what is that? <laughs> That doesn't really mean anything. He's not really saying anything. He's not. He's not contributing to the conversation, really. I don't think. Well,
2: and then Mark changes the topic back to himself. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking, thinking of to moving to a bigger place. place,
0: man. I'm making some good money.
2: And I know they. Mark just last minute was talking about how he might have a girl, or maybe two minutes ago. But in my notes here, I'm like, what the fuck, Mark? Read the room. Like they're talking about yeah. Johnny's problems now. It's not about you. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that was confusing.
2: And then Peter runs with it in a weird way. Cause he's like, look. You should tell her the truth. I'm like, who's he talking to? Because the line makes sense as a continuation of what he's saying to Johnny, but he says it to Mark. I mean, you're doing this for your girl, right? I'm like, tell her the truth about what? She's the one who's married, according to Mark. And so I don't know what he's, what he's this truth is that he's supposed to tell her. It should be noted, of course, that A, the actor playing Peter has a concussion and probably didn't say that line to the right person. And B, the director of the film, the credited director, might be mildly delusional and not good at editing, so he didn't notice. Which makes for an interesting <laughs> exchange, <laughs> because I don't understand Peter's line at all. And uh, yeah. since I don't have the actual original script, I don't know what he was supposed to say. The official script that's available has the line basically word for word, because that was put together after the fact. So I don't know. Maybe you said it wrong and Tommy never noticed.
1: Yeah, that was really confusing for me. I got really confused at that point, (laughs) to be honest. (laughs) I didn't really understand what was going on, because I just didn't understand who it was directed to. Like, they were talking about Johnny, and then all of a sudden it changed, and I was just like, what am I not following?
2: It also doesn't help that if we've been watching the movie, like, all the scenes, unlike Sean, who can't be bothered, the furniture moves slightly, depending on the scene. So the eyeline of where Peter's looking, never mind his concussion, isn't quite right for where the chair that Mark is in might normally be. But it is accurate to where Mark is, I think, for this scene. But that chair moves. The couch moves slightly. The angle changes a little. It's sometimes closer to the front door, sometimes closer to the fireplace. And so things move around and we have to keep up because it's, you know, just like life, conversations move <laughs> around and sometimes you can't keep up. I said it before and I'll say it again. Life moves pretty fast. Yeah. If you, if you, don't, you don't stop around, stop and look around, look around,
0: and look way, around you could miss you just it. You might miss, miss it. Mm-hmm. Now does that, does the movement, because the, the, the movement of the furniture, is that supposed to imply A passage of time? Or is it like Johnny's sex life where just every 12 hours it's have sex and then rearrange the living room?
2: They just move. Yeah, they just move the couch slightly. (laughs) Just slightly. There's also a new, looks like a new cushion on the couch, even though we've seen the couch as far as we know yesterday for a whole scene with Michelle and Lisa and it didn't have it. So new things come into their lives often, even though they're about to get married, even though it's about to be his birthday on Friday. He doesn't know there's a surprise party,
0: but there is. Right. Even though he didn't get that promotion, he's still mm-hmm. buying new cushions.
2: Yeah, old man donkey didn't promote him, but he's yeah, he's out there shopping. Well,
0: we know Lisa went shopping, so maybe she bought a new pillow. Oh, maybe the maybe the candle business is picking up.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for the candle addiction.
1: <laughs> maybe that's what Lisa does to keep busy, because they have an entire room just dedicated to chairs and alcohol. Chairs and alcohol. Mm-hmm. And slash, or maybe someone on the set was playing a trick on Tommy and being like, "I bet he'll never notice."
2: Possibly, or it it might even be we'll see it near the end of the like in a couple minutes. Tommy slash Johnny gets up and then sits on the back of the couch. So it may have been that cushion was stuck there because he knew he was going to be sitting up there at the end of the scene for some reason. And so he was, like, planning ahead. Or it may have been Graham Futterfoss, the second director of photography, knowing he was going to quit tomorrow morning fucking with everybody, because what does he care? They're forcing him to do a bunch of close-ups for this scene that he doesn't want to do, which means extra camera setups, and he knows... If there isn't a generator on set tomorrow morning, he's quitting anyway. And Tommy's not good with spending money, even though he spends a lot of money. So, Graham's pretty sure his job is done tomorrow. Maybe he's just having fun. Or maybe no one, they didn't have anyone keeping track of continuity. Or all of these things, wrapped up in a nice little package that makes it wonderful for all of us.
0: Those are all possibilities. Mm Yeah.
1: guess there's no way to know.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Now, I must get to, because this is the payoff for several minutes of unexplained audience jokes. Notes from a Midnight Screen. Notes from a Midnight screening. The audience laughs at Johnny's opening line for this minute, of course. that He'll take her away from Mark. But then every time Peter gets a close-up, random people around the audience are screaming for Peter's attention. Peter, over here! Peter! Peter! Over here! Multiple times. This has been happening for this entire scene, Sean. (laughs) Because he keeps blinking. (laughs) He keeps acting strange. Lots of Peters as this minute goes on, and then... Second 46, we get the payoff as finally the actor playing Peter looks directly at the camera, directly at the audience, who have been screaming for his attention for multiple minutes. And it is a wonderful thing (laughs) because the audience cheers. They love it. They have interacted with the film and made the world a better place. It's one of my favorite jokes that the midnight audiences do because it lasts so long. When I first heard it, I'm like, what the fuck are they screaming at (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Why are people screaming for Peter? And they're like, oh, okay. I get it. I love it. Great. Set up and, and payoff. Mm-hmm. And it's set up for, this scene has been going for, what, three and a half minutes so far, I think? And so it's a lot of setup. And the audience is almost ignoring everything else in this scene just to get that going. But then they cheer from second 46 through to like the beginning of the next minute. They are still cheering because they are happy
0: because Peter has paid attention to them. It is pretty magical. It is, <laughs> a, you know, as an audience member, you feel special. Someone up on the big screen is looking right at you, and Pete is looking right into that camera.
2: There is – is this a spoiler? Mm-hmm. Just yesterday. So I go to see – yesterday at the time of recording. What's the movie called? The documentary on Mr. Rogers last year was Won't You Be My Neighbor? The Tom Hanks movie is called It's a Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Yeah. There is a moment in that movie, about the middle of the movie, I think, maybe two the way in, where they do the, – eh, I don't want to spoil it too much, but there's a moment where Tom Hanks looks at the camera and the whole movie has been played. It's not the kind of movie you think it is, by the way. He looks at the camera and he's basically doing the Mr. Rogers thing of interacting with the audience and it works superbly. Like it made like people in the audience were like tearing up at the moment because of the way it plays. And it is, it's great when a person looks at a camera and it's something that you can interact with and make better. It is cool. When people look at the camera because they suck, it's it's awful. Peter's is wonderful because w- when does he look? He looks when he takes a drink after saying that... People are people. Sometimes they just can't see their own faults. So where are we at this moment when Peter looks at us? We're in our heads thinking about our faults, thinking about what's going on in our lives and how the room is making us better.
1: Yeah. I don't feel like the room is making me better. <laughs>
2: how rude! <laughs> <laughs> See I left the pregnant pause there So you could just grab it and run with it And you just had to counter Wow
1: (laughs) No you had me when you were saying Thinking about our fault
2: (laughs) Yeah Well, how does it not Sorry, make was you that a better person? not the right person? response? No, it's fine. But Of course the room is making you a better person. It's making you talk about movies and talk about life. Oh,
1: no, I like doing this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just I don't feel like if I were just watch. Oh, well, guess it's making me better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. <laughs> what do you think, Sean?
0: Well, and then I think it's very telling that Johnny's next line is, what is it? You're right, Peter. You're right, Peter.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and Johnny would know because he's Tommy who's making the film. So I think that's just an extra, you know, so we know that what Pete is, what Peter is saying is important because he's looking right at us as he says it. Mm-hmm. But then we have the filmmaker speaking through Johnny telling us that Peter is right. Yep. So yeah, you know, sometimes we can't see our own faults.
1: So it's a beautiful moment.
0: I don't know if it's beautiful. <laughs> well, it's, it's, you know, it, it's, it's poignant. You know, it kind of leaves me like, oh, so what, you know, am I, am I not being honest? Should I tell her? Because that's what the next thing Peter says, right? You should tell her the truth or tell her how you feel.
2: Maybe it would be more beautiful if Mark wasn't fucking it up with his business. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mark didn't make everything about
2: him. (laughs) Mark ruins it, just like he ruins
1: relationships.
2: (laughs) Which is also set up, you know, for the whole film. Yeah, we could be made better and be thinking about our problems and how to fix who we need to go talk to about our Mm -hmm. problems. But Mark has to fuck it up because that's what he
0: does thanks mark thanks mark oh hi mark
1: oh hi mark mark evil
0: any
2: other notes on minute
0: 55 (laughs) the only other note i had is is the adr in this minute really bad or is that just this minute is that just the way is that just johnny's face like is that just the way his mouth works Because, like, usually I can't pick it up. Usually people say, oh, the ADR, like, the, the, you know, this doesn't match the mouth at all. The sound is, like, I don't, I usually don't pick up on stuff like that. But watching this minute, especially, I think, particularly early on, it's like, it's like a a, a complete, it's like a a different language. It's like the actor isn't speaking English. The dub seems so bad to me. Is it just me? No. Okay. It's also not just this minute. (laughs) It's telly we so. I was just surprised because again, that's usually I'm not. I'm not. I don't know if I'm not observant or whatever. Usually I don't pick up on bad ADR, but this minute it bugged me a lot, (laughs) and I think that's part of like. (laughs) Peter reminds me of Michael Bolton (laughs) from Office Space. (laughs) I forget where it comes, but he's got a scene. In Office Space, there's a scene where Michael Bolton kind of breaks the, the fourth wall and just kind of looks out at the audience and gives kind of a, a smirk, just kind of like, really, you know, you see the idiots I have to deal with? You know, mm-hmm. that kind of look. And Peter here gives a very similar look, mm-hmm. looking at us like, you really? Yeah, these are the people in like his he's... life. and he, Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm, I'm with you, Pete. I feel your pain.
2: Speaking of pain, <laughs> where can the listeners hear more of you, Sean? <laughs>
0: Yeah, if you want, if you want pain, you can come on over to the Next Scene podcast where uh, myself and my brother Brian are taking on pop culture one scene at a time. And that's at nextscenepod.com. There's nothing wrong when people make fun of the project. In this case, the room.
2: The room minute is a production of Lemming Drops Studio. You can find more content at lemmingdrops.com.
1: Follow The Room Minute on all the obvious social media. If you've got any stupid comments after the show,
2: you can leave them in your pocket on Facebook. If you like what you hear, throw us a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice. Thank you for listening. And remember, if a lot of people loved each other, the world would be a better place to live. Let's see. It is the fourth post that The Room Minute has on Instagram. Yes, we have an Instagram. (laughs) Called The Room Minute. Very easy to find. Mm -hmm. The fourth post was a joke that no one ever got. And I don't know how to keep, I don't, I, well I'm bringing it up now, just maybe someone will go back and find it and figure it out. I thought it was clever, maybe it was stupid, but no one got it so it didn't matter. LEAVE US! Cut!